What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fearless As Fuck podcast. I am your host, Christina Lauren. We are coming at you live from Sticky Paws podcast studio here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Today, we have an amazing guest on the show. I am personally so excited to have her here because she has impacted me in so many ways, as well as thousands of women across the world. Her name is Gabrielle Stone. For those of you who do not know who she is, she is the author of Eat, Pray, FML, and also has the FML Talk podcast. So wanted to give a big welcome to Gabrielle on the Fearless as Fuck podcast today. Hi, girl. What's up? How are What's you? Up? It's so, so exciting to see you live, not in person, but face-to-face on this podcast. I just wanted to give everyone a second to meet you and maybe kind of let you introduce yourself because you have so many accolades to talk about and it will give people who do not know who you are a greater representation of what you do. Totally. Um, So I grew up in Los Angeles, uh, born and raised, and my parents were both in the film industry. My mom is Dee Wallace from movies like E.T., Howling, um, Cujo, and my dad was an actor as well. So I, I grew up kind of on different film sets and had an, an interesting childhood in that sense. Um, and then my life kind of took a turn when my father suddenly passed when I was six years old. I walked in and found him dead on the floor and my mom was across the world shooting a movie and it really drastically changed my entire life. And that was the first kind of moment where I developed my biggest challenge in this life, which was the fear of abandonment. Um, And that's kind of where my book really was birthed from, was things that I went through in 2017 that kind of forced me to look at those fears that I had been carrying since I was a little girl and how I could heal myself and get through it. Right. And I find that it's so, maybe this is another reason why I felt so connected to you already without even knowing you was I share so many similar things. I also lost my father when I was seven and I was there for the whole thing. And now when I'm on my own healing journey, I'm starting to look back even further back through my life, even that young to understand where those abandonment issues come from. And it was something that I always hid because the idea of abandonment sounded so awful to me and I didn't want to look at it at face value. But when you really go back and to look at things, those things really do affect you from a young age. Oh, totally. I mean, so I first developed that fear when my father died and not that you ever heal from stuff like that as you I'm sure know, but you know, time heals and you you grow and you start to change. And then when I was 18, my high school sweetheart was killed in a car accident. So it ripped that same wound wide open. Mm-hmm. I had now at 18 years old lost the two most important men that I had loved in my life. And it was a really real fear of mine. And it manifested as I, you know, grew up into an adult as, you know, not having not ever wanting to be alone, 
always wanting to have, you know, friends over or a roommate or always being in a relationship. And it was very clear that it had started to run my life. And it wasn't until my life erupted in 2017 (laughs) that um, I was forced to really go take a look at that. And I'm sure you probably didn't see that until after the fact that all of this kind of has like a domino effect. You know, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Sometimes you can't see it until you're on the other side. In my particular situation, I I knew why it was happening. So let me give everybody a little bit. Yeah, of I was gonna say let's, let's on go the book. There. <laughs> um, so I was married for almost two years and found out that my husband was having an affair with a 19 year old for six months. I filed for divorce and left. Shortly after that, I met a guy, fell madly in love with each other, had this whirlwind romance, and he convinced me to join him on a month-long trip to Italy. 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he told me he needed to go by himself, and I was absolutely mm-hmm. devastated, broke my uh, broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. Like rip um, those stitches wide open. Oh my God, the worst. Because that's literal abandonment is, yeah. hey, I love you. Come on this like romantic getaway. Just kidding. 48 hours before, I don't want to go with you. Yeah. Like the worst <laughs> abandonment. Um, and so I was sitting there with a broken heart crying on my bed and thought, well, I can either stay at home heartbroken or I can go travel Europe for a month by myself. So I took a backpack and I did six countries over the span of a month and wrote, eat, pray, fuck my life about it. Um, <laughs> now, did you that, ever travel by, by yourself before? Um, for work. Like mm-hmm. I had gone to, you know, I had flown to film sets and to to go work, but that's different when you go and you meet the people you're working with Way and then they become your film family, like not the same thing. Yeah. This was like vastly outside of my comfort zone and terrifying. Yeah, I can only imagine. So yeah. when you started writing this book, did you have the intention of writing a book or did you just start writing? I did. So two things happened when I found out I was going alone and I, you know, had a conversation with my then, you know, ex uh, suddenly. Um, And the first thing was I knew why it was happening. I knew that this was the universe's way of like being like, you know, Gabrielle, you're going to go face your abandonment fears head on across the world alone. Yeah. Um, so I saw <laughs> why it was, yeah, I saw why it was all happening and it made sense to me. That didn't make it any easier. Um, and the second I found out I was going alone, I also knew that I was going to write a book about it. Um, I had never written a book before. I did not consider myself a writer by any means. And it just had happened so quickly Like from the time that I found out about the cheating to filing for divorce, to meeting Javier, who's the guy after, to breaking up, to going on the Europe trip happened in the span of three and a half months. So it's like a whirlwind. Yeah, it was insane. My friends would call me and be like, we just wanted to know what's going on in the Netflix show of your life. It was ridiculous. On today's I, episode. Yeah. I felt like I was part of a fucked up sitcom. Yeah. Um, and like, I didn't some- want to be in this one. No, right? Like I could have passed. Um, And something in my soul was like, you got to write a book about it. So I bought a leather bound journal the day before I left on my trip. And I started it the first day in London. And it wasn't like I was journaling and then turned it into a book. Like if you open the journal, it's like chapter one. Right. And it's very, very close to how the published book ended up. Right. That's so how long did you say it took you to write this book? Three months? Uh, I wrote three fourths of it on the Europe trip. So the majority was written in like cafes in Paris and my, you know, Airbnb in Amsterdam and on the streets of Barcelona. Um, But I finished it when I came home. So 
to, like from beginning to end to actually, you know, complete my, my official first draft was probably roughly three months. I think that's even cooler to know that that book was written like during your process. I feel like that makes it so much more special and so genuine and just raw that you were kind of like in, in that situation. Now, how did you feel about publishing it? Because I think I would have been scared shitless. (laughs) You know, so there were, there was mixed feelings obviously. Um, but I knew from the moment writing it, I, I just had this instinct inside of me. I was like, this is going to help a lot of people. Yeah. And I felt like this is why I was going through all of this. And ultimately I I've come to know now after, you know, it's been out for almost two years that this is why I was put on this earth because it's reached so many people and has helped heal so many people. Um, but the initial thought to publish it of course is scary. I mean, there's, it's not like it's, you know, vanilla. I mean, first of all, I cuss, cuss like a fucking sailor throughout the whole thing, but also, you know, like I make a lot of mistakes. I have a one night stand in Amsterdam. Like there's a lot of shit that goes down that I'm not necessarily proud of. I remember when my mom read the first draft, she was like, (laughs) Oh God, babe, are you sure you don't want to like change your name or maybe take out one of the guys you slept with? And I was like, no, because that's what fucking happened. And like, that's what people are going to connect with. Because if I'm going to put any of my personal life out there, it's going to be the whole raw, real truth. And I think that's why people connect with it so much. So I was just going to say that. Of course, of course there was some fear around doing it, but the knowing of the amount of people it could help far outweigh that fear. Right. And that is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on this podcast so much because we talk a lot about what being fearless means. And to me, it doesn't necessarily mean that you walk around not scared or not, you know, that you actually walk around fearless, but it's the mindset of doing these things that scare you for your greater good and all things encompassing. And I, I might have shared this with you. I don't know. But for those of you who are listening, I started my podcast as a way to heal myself and it wasn't for anybody else. But then I also realized that what I do for a living, as far as empowering women and online coaching, I am helping. So sharing some rawness and realness and bringing in people from my life who have actually inspired me is just completing that, that path. And I had started this podcast and I found you on TikTok, Mm -hmm. which TikTok can be so like ugly, but there's so many amazing things that can happen yep. and people you can connect with. And I will tell you, your, your algorithm is so <laughs> specific. So it's so it's scary. It, it can be so fucking specific. And the video that introduced me to you was a video. I'm hoping I can connect it to this somehow, but it was the video that basically talked about your story and what happened to you. And I was like, holy fucking shit. If this girl can you know, turn her pain into power. So can I, and in a way where it's for me and it's for the people who are listening and it's for people who share the same stories or the same similar things in life that they've gone through who want to connect. And that network just grows and grows and grows and grows. And it becomes so powerful, especially in a female driven community. But that's the reason why this whole thing is here. So I was like, I mean, I have to have, I have to talk to her. So I was so thankful that you even, gave me a response to begin with. I'm sure you're insanely busy, but I was really excited to connect with that because it's really not about the trauma and it's really not about the, the grimy, dirty shit and all the ugliness of it. It's what you have done and what I have done and what other people have done 
post-trauma to help themselves become a better person, share their stories, and to grow and empower other people. 100%. And thank you for all of that. And I think that, you know, what you did with starting this podcast and what I did with writing my book and starting my podcast, it's the more we can talk about our traumas and our pain and our missteps and how we used all of those to, you know, become fearless and become powerful. It doesn't mean that the fear doesn't exist. It doesn't mean that the trauma didn't happen. It just means that we're like growing from it and becoming better because of it. You know, I always say that when, when shit hits the fan and trauma happens to you, you eventually through the grieving and through working through it all, you get to a fork in the road. Mm -hmm. And one side is being a victim and continuing to like make that your story. And the other side is choosing to grow, learn and springboard off of that to make it all worth it. And it can be your story that doesn't define you anymore. And that's a really big decision to make. And I hope that everybody looks at that and chooses to to take the right path. Same. And I think that that is probably the hardest part. And even for people who have not been through things like this with infidelity, or if this is, if their trauma is not even related to a relationship, I think the hardest part is hitting that fork in the road and deciding whether or not to be a victim anymore, because I think we've all done it. I know I've done it. Yeah. (laughs) We've we've all been there. Completely. And you know, it, it takes a certain type of person to get to that fork and be like, Oh, this is the time and, and recognize it, you know, Um, because when you're in it and you're in the pain of it, it's hard to see it clearly. So I think, the reason why people have been connecting with Eat, Pray, FML so much is, you know, you're lucky if you haven't been through some type of massive heartbreak in your life, but the, the feelings that come along with heartbreak and the grief and the confusion and the needing to love yourself, that's universal for humans. Um, so I think that because that's the through line of my entire journey. Uh, that's why a lot of people are, are connecting with it the way they I are. think so too. And I'm really glad that more people are talking about self-love and what it's like to start like unearthing what it is inside of you that you need to do for yourself to stop being the victim of situations like this or staying in situations you shouldn't be or, you know, whatever it is that comes from inside and yeah. you, you can grow from these things and become better. And the fact that you were able to do this and look at this situation with a fearless mentality and go through it, even though I'm sure there's some pushback that came with this. Um, you know, the, the people that were involved in the book on the first, the first book, um, cause I'm, I'm in the middle of writing the second one right now were really supportive. Um, so anyone that was involved in the book that I included text messages from, so, Javier, who was the guy that dumped me before Europe and his mother, his sister, um, all the people I met along the way on the trip, all of those people, people had to sign a release for me Mm -hmm. um, and were in turn very supportive of me putting this piece of myself, which is very personal to a lot of people. Super um, personal. (laughs) Yeah. um, Out into the world. And I was really grateful for that. Um, 
I can't say that there's been any pushback. Of course, you know, it's art, it's subjective. So, you know, there are 5% of people who read this that fucking hate it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, but hey, you know what? Gonna, Not everyone's going to like all, you. But you're always going to, you know, no matter what art you put out, you're always going to get bad reviews. You're always going to get people that don't get it. But the 95% of people that do and the thousands and thousands of DMs that I get um, that are so deeply personal of people that have been affected by the words they read in my journey far outweighs any of that. Yeah. Um, and they're and with you, with ten- you. Yeah. And I would do it 10 times over. Yeah. And I think that's a, a good note that any like creators in any space that are listening right now can really take from that because it is hard when you start sharing yourself online in any capacity, you're always going to get somebody who doesn't like what you do. And that can be really hard for some kind of artist, whether that's entertainment or actual art or storytelling, or, you know, if you're a model, not everyone's going to like what you put out there. And you have to be willing to accept that because just like you said, the people who resonate with your message is far going to outweigh the people who are going to give you some kind of crap for it. Totally. I, I, it's so funny because this morning I posted about something on my Instagram. I had gotten, and in the two years my book has been out, I've read, you know, the, the handful of shitty reviews, but I've never gotten a direct message on Instagram that was negative. And I got one the other day and it was so interesting because it was from a girl who was a fan of my podcast and then went back and read the book. And she was just like, I, you know, she started the message with, it's a really good book, but I have some concerns, but, um, and then proceeded to like list the concerns to me. And look, I go through and I answer all of my DMS of people that are talking about the book because I know how personal it was for me to write it. And I get that it's an experience to read it. Um, so I'm very involved with, with responding. So I had this full on conversation with her, um, how she didn't like that. I, I drank too much, um, on my trip and that she didn't understand why I was choosing to have sex with certain people. And that, you know, just a list of things that were kind of judgmental and Mm -hmm. accusatory in a way. Um, And she was, yeah, you know, and it was interesting because she was like, well, you just don't seem like the same person from your podcast. I was like, well, shit, girl, I hope I'm not. Like, that's been two years and I've done a lot of fucking healing. Like, yeah, I, would I hope. hope I was a different person. I would freaking <laughs> hope so. I mean, wh- um, what do you expect to be post heartbreak? Does right, anybody really I, act like their best self? N- not at right all. Away? Like, that's the point of the book is that it's messy and it's complicated and it's me trying to scrape myself up off of the fucking floor in one of the hardest times of my life. And 30 minutes later, after I had like gone through this whole situation with her, um, on my DMS, I got tagged in this video of this girl opening up, um, one of the merch things that I had sent out and just absolutely gushing. And like, you could see her face and how much this journey had affected her. And it was like, it was such a polar opposite, but I posted about it today and was like, guys, if anyone's worried about putting their shit out, like this is why it's worth it. Yes, you will see the very few occasional messages like this, but look how many lives are going to be affected by it. So like take the risk, write the story, jump, like just do it. Yeah. And that is so much more important. I've had similar experiences where I'll have people, I always like get really weirded out by people who take the time a day to message me, things like that. And it's like the kind of sideways compliment and then it's the, but, and I'm like, okay, here we fucking go. Like, what do you have to say? And it's like just picking you apart and I'm not going to lie. There was a time in my life where I was really, I was really soft with this. Like back when I first got on social media and I would really let these comments get to me. And now it's kind of like, whatever, but you know, every once in a while, there's that like 
thorn in my fucking side. And I'm like, man, you know, or, or I'll get some comment, um, relating to like my own breakup. And it's like, I want to fire back so bad and be like, you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? This isn't even worth the energy because then it'll be followed up with another message. It's like, thank you for being so vulnerable or thank yeah. you for sharing. And I'm like, God, I knew I was, I was doing this for the right reason and also not getting too messy in the process, but you're always going to have that, like that good with the bad when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I applaud you for going through Thank it and you. being, and being, and being the way you are. Um, now that we've gotten a little bit of the backstory, because I really want people to actually go, you need to go listen to her story. Because it's <laughs> fucking incredible. Her podcast is awesome. Her book is awesome. And just like Gabrielle said, it's very raw. It's very real. It, I, my jaw was dropped open half the fucking time for like, oh my God, me too moments. And also just uh -huh. like, damn, like I can't believe, I just can't believe this story, but it's, it's amazing. But anyway, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring Gabrielle on the podcast is to talk about the self-love cocktail and what this actually means to kind of find yourself again and love yourself because it's very hard to do after heartbreak, but I guarantee you one of the best things that you can possibly do is find ways to love yourself and to figure out who you are again, what you like again, what lights you up and everything under the sun and what it actually means to become empowered again. And I feel like she can probably talk for days about this. <laughs> yeah. So when I went on this journey, I was very aware that I needed to figure out how to love myself. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone's always saying you have to love yourself first. If you don't love yourself, you can't love someone else properly. You know, loving yourself is the most important thing. And I was like, okay, guys, I'm I'm ready. I'm aware of that. Yeah. Can anyone tell me how to do that? <laughs> You're like, where's and, the, where's the instruction manual? <laughs> right. And it was, I was like, I'm an actor. I can follow directions. Just like, tell me for the love of God. Um, and nobody could tell me how to actually do that. So this whole trip, I'm like searching for this mythical feeling of loving myself. Um, and I write about what I call the self-love cocktail in the epilogue because I didn't find it fully on the trip. I found pieces of it on mm -hmm. the trip, but it didn't really get put together for me until I came home and did a lot more healing. It's like breadcrumbs almost. Exactly. Yeah. That you like needed to like get to the whole, the whole loaf. And, um, <laughs> so I call it the self-love cocktail. Cause obviously I'm going to equate it to some type of, you know, wine or free cocktail. Perfect. And, um, so it's really simple. What you do is you sit down and you write out all of the things that make your soul happy that you don't need anyone else to give to you. So things that you and you alone are capable of giving yourself that really make you feel good and make your soul happy. For me, that was, going to the gym, eating healthy, meditating, um, writing, uh, dancing, you Maybe know, small tangible, small, like doable things. Yeah. Doable things that you can do on the daily. Um, and I wrote my list, put it on the mirror and then you commit to giving yourself at least one thing off of that list every single day. And it starts off as a stiffer cocktail, like a vodka martini, and <laughs> you'll be able to only do like meditating and going to the gym. And you're consistent with that for weeks, however long it takes until you get comfortable in it. And then you start adding other ingredients in each day. So it becomes more of a fun margarita mixology cocktail. And you've got like a splash of meditating, a dash of creating, a little bit of writing. And before you know it, you wake up and you're feeling so much better. And it's because you're loving yourself. Yeah. When I realized that loving yourself is as simple as giving your soul the things you love, it totally changed my life. It's just because a different way of looking at 
what self-love means because like you said it, it kind of just sounds like very broad like okay love yourself whatever but that's totally there's so much more underneath all of that in the how-to yeah and when I realized that I could control it and actively practice it it wasn't some mythical thing looking in the mirror where I was like oh I love you Gabrielle because I always felt fucking crazy when I did that yeah it just feels and very like like awkward that, yeah. that doesn't feel natural at all. It will. And it's a feeling that we were chasing. So when you look at it, you know, if you're in a relationship or you have a mother daughter relationship or a brother, sister or a friendship, and you want that other person to feel love, you do things that make them feel and experience love. Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to love yourself, why would you not do the things that your soul needs to feel good and love? And it, it totally, changed my mindset about it because it suddenly I was back in control. It wasn't something I was searching for. It was something I could practice and do. And it was so simple for me. And now if I'm ever having a shitty day, if I'm ever, you know, feeling less than myself, I go back to like, what's currently on my list. That's going to make me feel happy. And it's not necessarily things that, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not one of those people that's like, yeah, I love to go to the gym and like get my ass kicked. But the outcome of doing that makes me feel really good and my mental health feel really good. For sure. And it's not going to be the same for everybody. Oh, no. It's not. not you have to all. really find like what what works for you almost. Totally. It just baffles me that it's this. it can be the simplest concept, but we all lose sight of it so much. And sometimes I'm just wondering where we all lose sight of it because we've all gotten into those positions where we aren't pouring back into ourselves and we forget the building blocks of like what we need to do for ourselves to make ourselves whole. And I'm sure there can be many different reasons as far as like getting lost in a relationship or just forgetting what's important or trying to, you know, be somebody you're not and really not being authentic with yourself. But I'm really trying to figure out for a lot of women, because I think this is a common question, like, where did I lose it? Where did I, where did I like misstep? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a great question. And I think a lot of people never learned it in the first place. That's, you know, yeah, it's unfortunately like accurate. this shit isn't taught in school and it yeah. should be. Um, but I think, I think there's many things that can make you lose it. I think you can be a seven-year-old little girl that loses her dad and then some of that is gone. Um, and then, you know, you get cheated on in a relationship and then a little more of that is gone. I like think there's chips different- away at it. Yeah, there's different things along the way that that take pieces of it away. And for me, you know, I always thought like, yeah, I love myself, but like I never knew what that meant. So now with the self-love cocktail, having something to actively do and look at and be like, okay, that's what it means is making sure I'm giving myself the things that I love. Am I doing that? Yes. Then I love myself because I'm making time to do the things that make me filled up and make me happy. Yeah. For me, I felt like when I think back to it, I always, and this probably stemmed from all the things that you and I have been through as younger girls, but Mm -hmm. I would stop, I, I would people please. I would put Mm. somebody or people before myself to make other people happy before myself because it made me happy to see other people happy. But that also can have a little bit of a negative effect and can kind of like fuck you up a little bit too if you're not being mindful about putting up boundaries and making sure you're pouring back into yourself first because I always thought it was a great quality that I have that I always like to make people happy. I care so much. I'm so empathetic, blah, blah, blah. But people would tell me this and I'm like, okay, so why do I keep getting stomped on? 
why do I, you know, why does this happen? And I, that was back in my victim mentality days. I'm like, why does this yeah. happen to me? Why do I keep getting my heart broken? Why this? Why this? And then I had to like sit back with myself after my big fucking slap in the face last year. And I'm like, okay, like <laughs> what needs to change? So this yeah. never fucking happens again ever yep. like no one will and ever take advantage of me you know I know where my boundaries are I know myself enough where I can like have more confidence within myself to never put myself into a position or stay too long or things like that yeah. or, or even in my career just know where my boundaries are with other people with my clients this has a this has like an effect on everything as a whole not just your relationships totally Totally. And the fact that you can see and recognize that, that was reason enough for the big, you know, heartbreak to happen. For me, it's been really interesting. And I've been talking a lot about this um, online lately that your traumas from when you're young, if they're not healed and there's aspects of you that aren't healed, those will manifest in the relationships that you have as an adult. 100%. So for me, it was abandonment and fear of abandonment. So I attracted a, a husband at the time that cheated on me and lied to me and ultimately abandoned our vows and our marriage. And then I attracted a man who literally abandoned me two days before literally. stepping on the plane. <laughs> the universe was like waving flags in my fucking face going, Gabrielle, this is like your big shit. It's time to heal this if you want to attract something different. And once I did that, once I went and did the inner work and did the healing and walked through some of my abandonment stuff, I attracted an awesome fucking human into my life because I no longer needed that mirror to show you show myself that I needed to be fixed. Yeah. So what did, what do you think that felt like for you? Did that feel weird? What? Like actually attracting something for you that felt. Oh yeah. I totally normal. freaked out and was like, no, 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 this can't be right. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, I mean, granted my, and this is, you know, like people will meet my current guy in book two and it's like quite a fucking journey that we, uh, that we go on, but he came into my life when I was not healed um, at the height of my, you know, sadness at the wrong fucking time. And he also came wrapped totally wrong for what my brain thought was supposed to, what my guy was supposed to look like. You know, he was 15 years older than me. He had a seven-year-old. I was like, this is, this is not, like, this isn't it. <laughs> um, and you know, so I, I fought it every fucking step of the way. Um, and it, you know, when I finally was able to realize the fears that that relationship and he was bringing up in me and address those was when I could finally walk through it and like be in the happiest relationship I've ever been in. Yeah. That's so amazing. And it's, it's so nice. Like when I listen to your podcast too, or even see you talking right now, I see such like a calmness about you and I can only imagine because I just know how you've felt, how that must have felt back in your younger years as a little girl and also what you've been through with your ex and things like that. So it's it's so nice. And I, I just feel so like invested because I know these feelings so, so well. And not only that, but I know there's so many women who can relate to this so hard. And I'm just so excited to have more people out here like you and I sharing stories so women can heal quicker because yeah. what I've also realized is not everyone is ready to heal 
either. And that's one side of it. But there's also the side of it that people think they have to go to therapy to fix it, which I highly recommend everyone goes to therapy just to yeah. go, just to go. There's nothing just wrong. Go, even if nothing's wrong, go just talk some shit go. out. Yeah. Talk <laughs> it out with somebody who does not know you. But what I was getting at is things like this are so much easier to digest and they're so much more easy for someone to stumble upon and actually start listening to and get little breadcrumbs of what it's like to start healing themselves. And that might open the door to expanding their horizons on what they can do for themselves and what's possible. Like for me, when I finally committed to knowing that I needed to change something about myself to stop attracting the kinds of people I was attracting. I got a life coach. I got a mentor. I got therapy. I started listening to more podcasts. I was like trying to immerse myself in anything I possibly could to open up my brain and take my blinders off and see what I needed to do. And I know there's a lot of people who are very stubborn, um, females and males. And I want to like break that open so bad. Like I see some people, I just want to fucking shake them and be like, you can fix this so easily if you just like let go and start being more open. Yeah. And the other side of it is so beautiful and you can start attracting people into your life um, as friends or relationships or careers or anything, just that attraction, you'll start getting to better places. Totally. So when I hear podcasts, it's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as your journey now, I know it's obviously been different for you. You're writing your book too. You're in an amazing relationship and you're a completely different person. What is life like for you now with your publishing and where you're at with your podcast? I know you're bringing, you bring on people now to share different topics that aren't related just to your book. Yeah. So I kind of got forced into doing the podcast. Uh, I was asked from the day I released the book, people were like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, everybody has a podcast. What the fuck am I going to say? Like, yeah. no. Um, and I had been a guest on so many that I was just like burnt out on podcasting in general. Yeah. Um, and then the pandemic happened and my, my girlfriend was like, look, I'll produce it for you. You should really think about doing this. Um, so I said, okay, begrudgingly. And I'm so happy I did. Six months later, it's like, you know, it tops the charts every Wednesday and I'm amazing. I've like expanded the, the audience. You know, I always thought it would just be people from the book come to the podcast, but now there's people listening to the podcast that then come to the book, um, which is wild to me. And it's been able to give me a space every week to talk about stuff that I've gone through. That's important to me, um, that I can, you know, shed some light for other people that are dealing with it. We have an episode on grief. We we talk about cheating and divorce and relationships and forgiveness and, you know, all of the things. Um, and I have, I have really great guests that come on to talk about things that I don't know about to learn. We, we just last, um, this past episode, we did an, a whole episode on polyamory. I just like listened to my, that this morning and I was like, blowing to me. <laughs> I know. I was like sitting there with my mouth open the whole time, but like, you know, because I obviously I know what polyamory is, but it, to have someone on who was so well spoken and so well spoken, confident and happy in this lifestyle, I was like, shit, she makes it sound pretty fucking doable, man. Like, yeah, it was, it was wild. It was wild to listen to. To that, that's I literally was I was waking up this morning. I'm like, maybe I should listen to one of hers since I'm talking to her today. And I, I was love like, it. and I was like, oh shit, I'm like, and this is what made me bring it up because I'm like, wow, you actually, I mean. You talk about the book, obviously, and relate things back, but there's so many topics that are brought up that people don't fucking talk about or they don't talk about it from like a level headed point of view where it's like, okay, this is this is what it is. It's like the shit they don't talk about, you know what I mean? And it's very insightful for people who 
are fearful or has, ooh, or who are stuck in a certain like place, it'll just kind of open yeah. up their minds to understand like what's going on in normal life with people who you don't normally connect with. Um, so I thought that was very insightful because I, I felt the same. Like I knew what it was, not for me. Right. Probably won't ever be for me and that's okay. But me neither, but, but it was but it's awesome not, to hear about. <laughs> yes. And, and I think that for people who it is okay with fucking more power to you, but it was, it was really right? cool to listen to her because I was like, wow, she just like you said, I'm like, she makes that work. Like that's, that's yeah. so, that's so cool. So I think podcasting is such an amazing thing because it does bring people together to talk, to talk about subjects like this that you would never ever do. And it's been really great because it's allowed me to connect with so many of my readers who are now listeners. And it's really created this little community that, you know, of empowered badass women. And it's just been fucking awesome to witness that the shittiest, lowest part of my life, like kind of birthed all of this yeah, and made it all fucking worth it. Yeah, that's so cool. I during the pandemic when I was working on my online co- online online nutrition and fitness coaching for my clients, I was realizing how big mindset is just in general, but during the pandemic it was even worse because one we're like chained to our homes. We can't go out, can't go to the gym. People were really getting in their heads. I had clients yeah. that were in abusive relationships. I had clients who were going through it and they were leaning on me. And I was like, oh shit. Cause this was at the very beginning of my coaching journey. And when I started actually doing this, um, the most I was doing was putting out 60 second videos on freaking Instagram to do like a right, Monday right. motivation. I had no idea it would wind up manifesting itself into an empowerment podcast. Like two years later or like a year later, it blows my fucking mind. And that just goes back to what you were saying, like pull the trigger, like just yeah. do the thing. Don't think do so hard. The thing. Yeah. Yes. Whatever that thing is, you just have to freaking do it because I don't, I remember getting on those stories and being like, wow, who's going to listen to this <laughs> 60 right. second well, blurb. <laughs> I felt that way about the podcast too. I was like, okay, so we might have like a, a few hundred people that like really loved the book come over and it's totally blown past what I could have imagined in such a short amount of time. And it, it's more so that like when you share your story, no matter what it, what, what it is, if you're coming from a place of truth and authenticity, people are going to connect with it. People are going to heal from it. And it's going to, it's, it's going to heal you in turn to see that and to get it out and to start speaking it into the universe. Like it's only going to do good things. It's so cyclical. It really, it really does come back. And I, I know, um, during my own therapy sessions, when I've like taken deep dives back into my own like personal stuff, they talk about healing from trauma, whether that was um, trauma that you're facing as an adult, an adult or trauma that you felt you face as a kid. Because let's be honest, like I think most of us have faced some kind of trauma growing up, mm-hmm. whether we had a great upbringing or a bad upbringing. There's just sure. stuff that happens that affects you. You have no control over it. It's just a matter of like how you process it. So it's really brought to light, you know, how you grow up as an adult. Yeah. And Absolutely. I, I think that there's so much that you can do with that and not be ashamed of what you've gone through when you can turn those painful situations into very powerful things and wind up healing yourself and also healing others in the process and healing generational trauma that stems from your yeah. parents and their grandparents, because these things really do circle down the line. And 100%. there comes, there comes a point where there's a person like yourself. that's like, this shit stops here. It's done. Yeah. It's, and you done. know, I'm really lucky because I grew up in a household with my mom who is also an energy healer. She does sessions with people all over the world every day. And 
So I grew up in a spiritual household and I, I learned about trauma and how to release stuff from the body mm-hmm. and how you need to like clear things out. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of no. people are just walking around dealing with life as it swings at them. And they're like, what the fuck? Um, That's I so just did heavy. A, it can be so heavy. So heavy. And I just, it. I just did a TikTok video the other day about, you know, how I was, you know, attracting relationships that were mirroring my trauma and all the comments were, but how do you heal? So I had to do another video and I was like, look guys, healing isn't linear, but this is how I I did mine. Um, and it's, it's so true because there's so many people out there that are banging their heads against the wall saying, okay, I know I need to heal, but I don't know how, like, I know I need to love myself, but I don't know how. Um, so I hope that the stuff that I'm putting out on the podcast and the words that I write in both the books um, are bringing more to some people that, you know, don't really know how to do it and need mm-hmm. a place to start. I think a lot of it is flipping that script on yourself. Yeah. Like I, I want to ask you what your method is of doing this, but I know for me, when I have those triggers that come back and make me feel like the less than or the unworthy or for, it brings up whatever, I try and remember just to flip the script and remember like why this is showing up for myself yep. and just try and take a lesson from that. That's not the easiest verbiage for me to use sometimes because I'm like, I don't fucking want another lesson. Like I'm done. Right. <laughs> I'm right. done. I really don't want to learn. like, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> but if it's, if it's showing up, it's showing up to show you something. Um, and that's what my own like energy healer told me. And I was like, fuck, you're right. Okay, fine. Yeah. But I, um, that's so accurate though. My mom, whenever I'll talk, I'll talk to her about stuff. She's like, well, if stuff's showing up, you got to point the finger back at yourself. I'm like, I don't want to put the fucking finger back at myself. I want (laughs) to like, I want it to go away, but it's, it's so true. It's like, if stuff is being brought up into your life, especially if it's patterns, like if there's patterns of things that are happening, more than once, that's something to really pay attention to and to be like, okay, why am I attracting this stuff into my life? Not yeah. consciously. You're not doing it consciously, obviously. You're not like, oh, I want the guy to come in and break my heart. But there's something in you subconsciously that's attracting it so that you can fix it. 100%. And you, and once you start looking at it, things start getting better. It's just you have to take that, you have to take your blinders off and like stop ignoring that kind of stuff and yeah. really start looking at yourself. Um, what do you, do you still experience anything like that? What's your best way to deal with it when things pop up for you that you're like, you know, I'm, I'm confident now I'm living my best life now, but like you said, healing isn't linear. Shit happens. Shit pops up. Oh Yeah. What are your like best ways to combat that? Yeah. Shit happens all the time. Um, (laughs) there there's weeks where I will look at Tay, my boyfriend and He's like, oh God, you got anxiety, don't you? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, why? Everything's so good right now. And it's true. Like if you look Mm -hmm. at it from an outside perspective, you're like, yep, everything's great. But you can still feel shitty for no reason at all. And that's so hard to hear when you are someone who deals with anxiety because like, oh, like I know, I know everything's fine, but I, it's still, it's it's still still bubbling up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got to validate that. So for me, I write about this. It's a technique that I came up with on the streets of London, my first day walking around solo. And I write about it in the book. It's, it's my technique I use throughout the book. Um, but I still use it till this day and I swear by it. Um, it's called the thought onion, which is so funny because when I was walking on the streets of London and I came up with it, I remember going home and writing about it and saying, this is such a lame fucking name. I have to change the name of this. (laughs) And then I kept writing. And then by the end of the fucking trip, I'm like, well, it's kind of 
whatever. I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> You're like, yeah, um, this is it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it, 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 it grew on me, I guess, over the trip. But so it's called the thought onion. And it's a, basically a way to look at the reactions you're having and the thoughts that you're having and figure out what's driving them and mm-hmm. where they're coming from. Right. So you look at it layered like an onion. Yeah. <laughs> and the first outer layer is the superficial thought. So that's the thought that you have immediately that immediate reaction when you're like gut reaction. Yeah. When you're firing back and having an initial reaction and you take a step back and underneath that is what I call the authentic thought. And that's where the, the emotion that's causing that reaction. So what, what inside of me, what emotion, what fear inside of me is causing that initial superficial reaction and you take a step back and peel that layer back and you get to the subconscious thought. And that's like where the real golden nugget is because when you can get to the subconscious thought, that's the, you know, unhealed trauma or the long stemming fear. It's like the root. It's the meat and potatoes Mm -hmm. of what's really driving you as a person. And when you can figure out what that subconscious layer is, that's what you need to go fix and heal in order to have a different reaction in the future. Right. And it's it's really simple. Everybody can do it. You know, you just write it out, boom, boom, boom. Sometimes they take five minutes to do. Sometimes they take a day because it's like seriously heavy shit. Um, But- it's a way that you can sit down and kind of like analyze yourself like a therapist would um, and see the things that you really need to start adjusting. Because when you can see where those reactions are coming from, it gives you such insight into yourself to be able to fix yourself and start to heal. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, I love that because even though it's like <laughs> the funny name and it's, and it's stuck <laughs> and whatever, it's a very like elementary way of looking at it, which is, yeah. I mean that in a good way because it's, it's yes. digestible. Yeah. It's like, I, I actually can do this versus being like, oh, I have to go in some sort of like, you know, psychology to like de- take a deep dive into my brain and pick out all this shit from when I was a kid. Like, no, like, let's just like take these thought patterns and like actually look at where it's coming from because yeah. a lot of people operate on that surface level. Totally. And, and that's where you operate at a high level of stress and anxiety. And yeah. we're, and like, I feel like 90% of people are stuck there. Yeah. Even and it's exhausting. It's, exa- it's exhausting. Yes. Physically <laughs> and mentally exhausting. And also for those of you who don't know and who haven't taken like a deep dive into trauma as well, or who haven't been in, um, had the opportunity to talk to someone who is spiritual or, or even a therapist who can talk to you about like PTSD or trauma, like your trauma is physically stored in your body as totally. well. It's not just in your head, not in your heart. It's in your fucking gut. Like it's, it's really in there and it can have such rollover effects on your day-to-day life. And that's why it's so important to look at these things like Gabrielle's saying at that subconscious level and figure out where it's coming from. Because until you can release that, you're going to carry the weight of the world and the weight of your traumas around for the rest of your life. And it's going to manifest itself into your adult life. If you're a kid, um, if you're an adult now, it's going to keep showing up in different spaces for you until you like look at it and be like, okay. Yeah. And people walk around so frustrated. Like, why can't I fix, you know, the people I'm attracting or why can't I fix the fact that shitty stuff keeps happening to me or why can't I fix A, B, and C? And they have no idea that it's because they're physically holding on to Mm -hmm. things that have happened to them. And that it's that it's the manifestation of that. Um, like you can go and talk to a clinical therapist until the cows come home. For me, it wasn't until I found a therapist that 
was clinical, but was also massively spiritual. Same. That was like, oh, you need to do some cord cutting. We need yes. to do life oh my regressions. Gosh, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's deep, like it's deep, real shit, you know, and yeah. it's, you can talk about it and talk about it, but until that's physically released from your body, you're not going to get the real reprieve that you're so desperately looking for. Right. And for those of you who have not been like, well, are not well versed in like cord cutting or any of the spirituality stuff. I did a podcast with Monica Foytzik, who was my Reiki healer and also a really good friend of mine that we worked on all of this stuff. So go back and listen to it. But just for a quick, you know, synopsis of what cord cutting is, it's kind of one of those spiritual practices that you'll go in and release the bindings that you have to traumas and to people and things like that and get rid of soul contracts and get rid of, yes, it's, it's, a lot. But what I want to bring up is you don't have to be like a spiritual woo-woo kind of person to practice these kinds of things or be scared about going into, you know, talking to someone who is more spiritual about these things. Because if nothing's working for you, this might be a good way for you to yeah. kind of release some of this shit, whether you, you know, are in the spiritual realm or not. Like I personally yeah. was never like, I was never super religious. I was never super spiritual. I was just kind of like finding my my peace in somewhere in the middle. And it wasn't until all of this stuff happened that I really looked for guidance. And whether that's God or just your higher power, whatever that is, I it wasn't until I started taking a deep dive into that that I was able to seriously transform myself. Yeah, that's where the real work starts, I think. Um, and if anyone's you know piquing their interest to the whole cord cutting uh, idea. It's really simple. You don't have to do it with a healer. You Mm -hmm. can do a a meditation and in your mind's eye, you know, imagine the cord going from you to the person or to the trauma that you're trying to release it from. Mm -hmm. And just imagine whatever you want to choose to cut it and releasing it from your body. Like you can do it on your own in, in any type of meditation practice. Yeah. I think also it, there's another side of that too, which is really um, important about forgiving yourself. Um, because I know a lot of us feel like really indebted to things that we've done or situations that we've stayed in or, or just, you know, you've dealt with grief for so long that you're almost mad at yourself for staying in that position because you feel like you haven't been able to move through it, whether that's mm-hmm. something that you ha- that happened to you as a child or just things that you're not like letting go of. And you, you can have cords attached to these things that you are not able to move on from until you've done that. And yeah. for me, that was a lot of things. It wasn't just like relationships I, I found. And once I was able to kind of be like, okay, Christina, like you did the best that you could with the knowledge that you knew at that point in your life, whether that was like my 12 year old self or my 20 year old self or my 32 year old self last year. And, you know, just understanding that you're human and you didn't know what you knew know now back then. Yeah. That helped me a lot. So I really try and talk about that too with girls who come to me and they're like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck with whatever they're in. I'm like, fuck, like you got it. There's, there's so much we can like unpack yeah. in this space. And there's only so, so far you can walk with the chains that you're unaware of weighing you down. Right. And when you finally are able to find what those chains are and release them, it's like, oh, I can walk even faster than I thought I could. Yeah. And that's when you find like true empowerment. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even, sometimes I don't even know how to explain what empowerment feels like because it just feels like weightless to me as I'm sure mm-hmm. you've experienced it a million times over. Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually did an episode um, around mental health a couple weeks ago, and we talked a lot about uh, anxiety because that's I deal with it, and so many people deal with it. Um, and one of the biggest things that has helped me with my anxiety is recognizing the difference between anxiety and excitement. And that sounds weird at first, but yeah. anxiety feels very similar to the feeling of like when you're about to go on stage in front of a bunch of people or mm -hmm. when you're about to drop off the end of a roller coaster. Um, it's very, very close. So for me now I'm like, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Is this actual anxiety? Is there something that I'm nervous around? Is there a fear or is it, you know, my therapist always says fear is false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. So is it, is there anything that I can stand on for this anxiety? Is there anything warranted? Or is it maybe my subconscious knowing that there's like some excitement coming my way? Right. That's a really, really good way to look at it. I feel like if if you can kind of remember that, that's that's key. I know some of us get so worked up in our anxiety that that's the last thing we would think about. Like totally. you don't sit there and think of it logically. I spent years of my life like dealing with anxiety like that. And when I finally started the self-love journey, which I feel like is key for everything, you start oh, being yeah. able to collect yourself more. And now when you're presented with an opportunity to, or not an opportunity, when you're presented with like a trigger that brings up stuff for you, you are way more likely to be like, okay, what is this? Because you know yourself and you love yourself. You've done the work and you're comfortable in your own body and your own skin and nothing is like phasing you that shouldn't be phasing you. So you can look at things at face value, start to peel back the onion, start to go inside. But if you're operating at a place of that surface level, you're not going to be able to do that, to do that work. So I think that it really all just ties back into where we started with this, with self-love and the process of getting to that point. Yes. And I think that in our world today, self-love has become this kind of like foo-foo, like, oh, self-care. Yeah. Self um, so I hope that, you know, with stuff like the self-love cocktail, people can see that it's an actual thing. You can mm -hmm. actually have control over it. It's something you can do and put into practice and it will help change your life around because it really is the key to everything. Um, you just need to believe in it and know how to put it into practice for yourself. Yeah. Because if you don't believe it, it's not going to work. You can't just say the things and like, okay, I'm going to no, love myself. It, you really have to do the work. And yeah, just like you said, I, I do, I do agree. I think people think it's gotten this like foo-foo name where it's just like hashtag self-love, whatever. It's like, right. <laughs> no, like there is an actual, no, really, <laughs> no, really you have to do this. And men too, like, I don't want, that was the other thing. I think men don't actually look at this either because they think it's like a girly thing to do. And I wish there were more men who could get more conscious Totally. Because it would heal them too. And yeah. it would, it would like eradicate all of this like toxic masculinity if they poured back into themselves as well and we'd have a, like much more healed people walking around. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we always say that if people would go to therapy and start doing the work on themselves, they wouldn't be sending other people to therapy that yes. then needed to do the work on themselves. And now we have a bunch of people walking around wounded, right? <laughs> which I know this is something, this is, it is what it is. And we, we live in a day and age where there's a lot of things that are going, are going to be affecting us, but the more we can get this message out there to people to start looking inward, the more people we can help. So yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm but with you, girl. I, so just to wrap this up, what do you, what do you have going on for yourself now? I know you said you're writing your second book. Yeah. So I'm deep in the edit of the second book, uh, which I hope will, will be out 
sometime this year. I, I have a release date in mind, but I haven't announced, you know, the title or the date or any of that. Um, but it's been hard to write. Like this has been way harder than the first one has, which sounds crazy because the first I was thinking, one, the you same. know, was like the catastrophic shit exploding in my life. But so much of this one has been a lot of really deep healing and there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm not necessarily proud of. Um, and I'm writing about a journey, you know, on and off with someone who I ended up with. So it's, it's real people that I'm writing about who will also be affected by it. So it's just been a, a whirlwind experience to write the second one. It's taken me a lot longer. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I'll be happy to finally, uh, to finally get it out into the world. So that's like first and foremost. And, uh, and then we have, the, I do the podcast that, uh, is every Wednesday on FML talk. And other than that, I'm still, you know, acting, directing. Um, although for the pandemic author definitely took a front seat to, to all of that, which I've been happy about and, uh, you know, living, living life. I love it. I love it. I'm so excited for you. For those of you who have not, actually heard Gabrielle's full journey, I really encourage you to read her book and go to her podcast. She has been very inspiring to me and has definitely opened my eyes and been somebody who I can look to, to understand that there are so many other women who go through a lot of the similar struggles that we all face. And it all wraps up to just like we said, finding yourself, knowing your worth and really pouring back into yourself to love yourself because it's the key to success and finding your own empowerment and living your best life. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have so much gratitude for you for coming on this podcast and thank you for sharing your time. No, you're so welcome, girl. You're such a light and you're, you're on the right path. So I'm happy that I have been a small source of inspiration on your own healing journey. Thank you. I appreciate you. And for those of you who do not know the links, make sure to check out the show notes below. I will leave the links to both our Instagrams, as well as her book link and her podcast. Give her a follow on Instagram. And don't forget, if you guys have any questions about any of these topics that we cover, we are open for anybody to DM us at any time. So we will see you next time on the Fearless as Fuck podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Fearless as Fuck podcast. It is my intention to continue to bring you uplifting, empowering, and overall inspiring interviews to help you continue to thrive and truly understand how to step into your power just like I did. I am so honored you have taken the time to listen and I'd love to connect with each and every one of you. Don't forget you can find me on Instagram and YouTube at Christina.Lauren and at The Fearless AF Podcast. And on YouTube, you can search Christina Lauren, The Fearless Collective. Don't forget to subscribe and share and leave a review. I would love to know what you guys think of the podcast and also some thoughts on topics you would like me to cover and guests you would like to see on the Fearless As Fuck podcast. I'll see you next time.